This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. If you'd like to have a fascinating Bible study experience sometime, take your Bible and thumb through the first four books of the New Testament. See the number of verses you can find which tell about Jesus going to a certain place. For example, Matthew 3:13, Then Jesus cometh from Galilee to Jordan. Matthew 4:23, And Jesus went about all Galilee. Matthew 8:5, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum. Matthew 8, verse 23, And when he was entered into a ship. Matthew 9, 9. And as Jesus passed forth, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. Now, when you find these references to Jesus going from one place to another, see if you can find just one reference where there was not someone who was helped, blessed, or whose life was completely changed by an encounter with Jesus. Let me back up now and give you the results of what happened in the verses I just mentioned. First, when Jesus went from Galilee to Jordan, this is Matthew 3.13, he met John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer better, uh, who baptized Jesus. The Bible says that the heavens were open. The voice of God was heard. I doubt that John was ever the same again after that experience. The second one I mentioned, uh, Matthew 4.23, in this uh, chapter, we read that Jesus went about all Galilee. We also read that he healed all manner of sickness, all manner of disease among the people. See that in verse 23. The third example, when Jesus entered into Capernaum, this was uh, Matthew 8, 5. Uh, he was met by a centurion, an officer in the military service, who had a servant who was sick. He begged Jesus to heal this servant, and he did. In chapter 8, verse 5, uh, we read another place. Well, verse 23 is this one, I believe. Jesus entered into a ship. You remember how the winds picked up suddenly? The disciples feared losing their lives, but Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. And the last reference I mentioned a moment ago spoke of Jesus passing forth and seeing a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. Matthew 9, 9. Matthew was a tax collector, or as we might think of him today, he was an agent of the IRS. You know, a person whom everyone dearly loved. Well, maybe not. But Jesus loved him, and he called Matthew to follow him, which he did. Matthew's life was never the same again. And there's so many other references throughout the Gospels that tell us of the change which occurred when Jesus came to a certain place. The songwriter Oswald Smith expressed it so beautifully in these words. One sat alone beside the highway begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clutched his rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee. 
From home and friends the evil spirits drove him. Among the tombs he dwelt in misery. He cut himself as demon powers possessed him. Then Jesus came and set the captive free. Their hearts were sad as in the tomb they laid him, for death had come and taken him away. Their night was dark and bitter tears were falling. Then Jesus came and night was turned to day. Unclean, unclean, the leper cried in torment. The deaf, the dumb, the helplessness stood near. The fever raged. Disease had gripped its victim. Then Jesus came and cast out every fear. So men today have found the Savior able. They could not conquer passion, lust, and sin. Their broken hearts had left them sad and lonely. Then Jesus came and dwelt himself therein. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory, for all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. It happened in Bible days, and it happens in our day as well. The miraculous power of Jesus to change lives is not a thing of the past. I want to tell you of two instances related by Dr. R.L. Middleton in his book, The Accents of Life, which illustrate what can happen when Jesus truly comes into a person's life. This is the way Dr. Middleton said it. Dr. E.H. Westmoreland of Houston, Texas, spoke at a conference and told of something that happened while he was a student at Washita College in Arkansas. He was invited to conduct a revival meeting in a small rural community. And as he went about town inviting people to the services, he was told about two little boys who lived in an old abandoned boxcar down by the railroad tracks. Their father was the town drunk, so these two boys sold peanuts to help support the family. Someone had nicknamed these boys Piggy and Hoggy. Everybody in town knew them by these names. The visiting preacher invited these two boys to come to the services, but in their rough way, they declined. The next day, the preacher learned that they liked to play baseball, and so he organized a baseball team with games to be played every afternoon. Many of the children in the community came for the evening revival services because they had a choir just for the children to sing choruses each night. Dr. Westmoreland found out that Piggy and Hoggy liked to sing, but one of the requirements of singing in the children's choir was they had to learn one verse of Scripture. And Piggy and Hoggy didn't even have a Bible. So they were reluctant to sing in the choir because they didn't have decent clothes to wear either. Since these two boys really wanted to be on the baseball team, and they also wanted to sing in the children's choir, Dr. Westmoreland carried them one day to the barber shop, got them a haircut, arranged to give them a bath, bought some clean clothes for them, and got a Bible for each boy to have. That night, they attended a church service for the first time in their lives. For days thereafter, you could see them sitting on the street curb, reading their Bibles and selling peanuts. Before the Bible was over, 
revival, before the revival was over, both Piggy and Hoggy gave their lives to Jesus Christ. They received him as their personal savior. Dr. Westmoreland concluded the revival week and he returned to his school work. Fifteen years passed. Dr. Westmoreland was invited to come back to that same town for another revival meeting. As he and the pastor were leaving the church on Sunday afternoon, he heard laughter coming from one of the classrooms. When he asked what it was, Dr. Westmoreland was told by the pastor, oh, it's just one of my deacons in there with a group of young boys teaching them the Bible to him. Then he added, he's the best deacon any pastor ever had. When the visiting minister asked to meet with such a fine deacon, to his astonishment, who should it be but Piggy, now grown, leading this young group of boys in church. He had worked his way through school and become, had become a successful businessman. What about Hoggy, your brother? The preacher asked. Oh, said his brother, he's preaching out in California now. When Dr. Westmoreland told this story, he went on to say, I could pay for their haircuts, I could get them a bath and new clothes, I could even give them a Bible, but I could never have done for Piggy and Hoggy what Jesus did for them and with them. Then Jesus came and lives were changed. Lindsay Glegg tells about a woman who was working in one of the rescue missions in London many years ago, who approached a friend of hers, a man of some wealth, and she said to him, Sir, you never have done anything for my women's meeting. The man replied, Yes, that's true, but what can I do? I can't speak or teach or sing. She said to him, But sir, there are many things you can do. What about giving each of the women a present? next Thursday when they come to the meeting. And so this friend did do something. He provided the money for 200 pots of flowers to be given, one for each woman as she came to the meeting at this rescue mission. Many a home was brightened that day. We don't know what happened to 199 of those pots of flowers, but we do know the story of one of them. It was a small pot of white hyacinths, and it found its way that day into a very humble, poor home. The woman who received it placed it carefully on the bare table in the center of the room, and then she stood back to admire it. She then saw how dirty the table looked in contrast, and so after scrubbing the table, she noticed the shabby curtains, which she also pulled down and washed and had dried and had back in place before her husband came home. That night the husband came home sober for once. In spite of his life's pattern of dissipation and drunkenness, he was still a lover of flowers. And when he walked in the front door, a small pot of flowers caught his eye. Oh, aren't they beautiful, he exclaimed. And I say, what have you done to that table and the curtains? You know, come to think of it, this floor would look good if it were scrubbed too, said the husband. So that night he rolled up his sleeves and scrubbed the floor until the whole place began to be in keeping with the purity and the beauty of the simple pot of white flowers. The next day was Friday, and he returned home 
from work with a package on his shoulder. Unwrapping the parcel, he laid on the table three rolls of wallpaper. The next day he spent putting up wallpaper. On Sunday morning, he was up early enough to get ready for church at the little mission where his wife had gone earlier that week. Together, they listened to God's message. And when the invitation for commitment of life to Jesus was given at the close of the service, they both came forward and made public professions of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there is a postscript to this story. This man found Jesus to be the one who could help him with his problem of alcohol. And eventually, this couple moved to the outskirts of London, where he became a gardener, tending flowers all week and gathering with his wife on Sundays to worship God in that small mission church where he had come to know Jesus. This morning, I've taken the majority of the message just to tell you about two boys and one family. Why? It is simply this. If some interest which was shown for two little boys could be the beginning of change in their life, and if the coming of a pot of white hyacinths into the midst of a poor house could lead to the transformation of that whole home, then just think of what would happen if Jesus were to be given his rightful place in the lives of each of us today. You may have heard a story about an old Indian chief, or Native American we call him now, who constantly spoke of the Lord Jesus and what he meant to him. Why do you talk so much about Jesus, asked a friend. The chief did not reply, but he slowly, deliberately gathered some sticks and bits of grass He made a circle out of these sticks and grass. And in the midst of this circle, he placed a caterpillar. Still, without saying a word, the chief struck a match and lit the sticks and the bits of grass. And they watched the caterpillar. As the grass caught fire around the whole circle, the trapped caterpillar began to crawl around rapidly, trying to find a way to escape. As the fire advanced, the helpless caterpillar raised its head as high as he could. If the creature could have spoken, uh, it may have said something like this, my help can come only from above. And about that time, the old chief stooped down. He extended his finger to the caterpillar, which crawled up his finger to safety. That, said the old man glowingly, (laughs) was what the Lord Jesus did for me. I was lost in sin. My condition was hopeless. I was trapped. Then the Lord Jesus stooped down, and in his love and mercy, he drew me out of the horrible pit of sin and shame that I was in. How can I help but love him and keep on talking about his wondrous love and his care for me? Yes, things are never the same when Jesus really is allowed to come into a person's life. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Heavenly Father, we pray that that might be the miraculous, wonderful event in the lives of each of us today. Even though we may know Jesus 
and have made a profession of faith in the past, yet he needs to come fully and to rescue us from our daily sin. So we want that to happen right now, Father, as we let Jesus have his way. This our prayer we ask in his precious name. Amen.